0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast hosted by me, Lou, and me, Dan. It's a podcast where we talk about really anything and everything, something that might have interested us, something that's probably been in the news, usually stuff that's wound us up really, isn't it, to be fair. And this episode, we've got some very special guests with us. We've got Shane and Max from the Shane and I podcast. Hey, <laughs> Hello. good to be here. Thanks for having us.
1: <laughs> very good to have you um well sorry i was gonna say i'm I'm gonna say it now because i was saying beforehand No, thank you for coming on you two have been you've been great supporters of us on social media and and through good pods so no i couldn't wait to get you on when the opportunity arose so yeah no welcome
2: yeah
3: (laughs) it's cool i'm gonna have to give shane all the credit there i uh i uh abhor social media but shane is shane's the man
0: See, now that's kind of, yeah, the same (laughs) dynamic. I'm actually not on really any social medias at all. I got rid of my Instagram, my Twitter, my TikTok. The only thing I keep is my Facebook, but that's only because older people in my family like, like to look at stuff and they just don't know how to use it.
1: So I'm social media. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, so I'm very much like disconnected from the world, which is a nice preamble. But prior to getting into the topic of this episode, <laughs> yeah. I will say we do have a promo to run from some of our podcast friends. And the promo is from the lovely ladies at Sugar Coated Murder.
2: Hey, Amber. Hey, Karen Vady. We need a promo. You know, like where we talk about what we do on our podcast. On our sugar-coated murder podcast? Like how we love to bake and talk about murder? That's what we need to talk about. There you go. I think
0: we've talked about it. Y'all find us on all your favorite listening apps. Stay sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. And we're back. (laughs) I love how it's a really seamless transition when people listen to this seamless transition and then what we do is we actually just awkwardly pause for about four seconds (laughs) it's brilliant so the topic of this week's episode is going to be on Y2K but prior to getting into that I'm going to hand over Shane and Max and what we're going to do is we're just going to let you have a little bit of chat bit of a chat about your podcast tell us what you do tell our viewers how you do it how you got into it why you started all of that and uh i'll hand over to you guys
2: all right sure my name is shane i'm max and uh we host co yeah, yeah, yeah we co-host we're the, the hosts we're not the hosts we're, host. we're the hosts of uh, shane and i podcast we're the we're, hosts with
3: the most yes. of the shane and i podcast
2: we're the yeah. podcast about nothing that makes you think of something yeah i got it what a great time. yeah what a great <laughs> thing huh yeah, yeah. um What else? We basically, we just, we do, we kind of, we were a YouTube channel for a long time and we decided we didn't want to do YouTube anymore. But, and we got into podcasting from that. Kind of right, right? Yeah, that's about it. Uh, And we've been doing it. We've been a podcast for probably just an audio formatted podcast for probably about a year and a half now, almost two years. It's been, uh, you know, yeah, we were still making some video stuff a couple of years. See, a
3: year and a half. Yeah, Yeah, I want to say
2: like two years we've been doing strictly podcasts. All right, yeah, all right, strictly audio. Yeah, sweet. Um, so yeah, we've been doing that, and uh, you know we kind of we kind of get on the microphone and just kind of do what I guess it's improv, right? Yeah, more or less. We
3: just sort of well, well, we will often come with a uh,
2: topic idea,
3: and it will turn into just anything else, anything else. Yeah, and and that's that. now now you guys that's the best
1: conversations though right yeah Yeah? oh absolutely
2: absolutely it's it's like I, i was talking about earlier like when we were doing youtube we would always have to you'd always have to like come up with a topic that you could talk at least for what we were doing it was a topic that you could talk about within eight minutes right or 10 minutes. You do not want to get past the 10-minute mark in uh, YouTube. And, uh, honestly, for our format, five minutes was really ideal. Yeah. And, and we often stretched it out to 15 Yeah. And it just got to the point where it just wasn't – it was just always kind of reaching for a – like, after doing that for two years, it kind of got to the point where you're kind of like, okay, we're kind of we're kind of redundant on the topics that we're doing. Yeah, we were like, doing a lot of really bad, like, top 10 stuff. yeah. We, yeah. And we and we didn't want to be like a top 10 channel. Like, that's not what we want. And I kind of felt like at the age point we were at, like nobody wants to see a couple older dudes doing YouTube anyway, you know? So we hey. I was just kind of like, this podcasting thing. Speak and I've for, always speak wanted... Speak for yourself. I'm a young 36. All right. You're yeah. a young 36. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you.
1: I'm the old guy. Nobody wanted <laughs> right. to see
2: an old guy like me. How about that? Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. Um, And I kind of had the idea in my head anyway from the beginning that I wanted it to be a podcast. And uh, so when I got the opportunity to kind of, the guy that was producing our show moved and uh, the guy that was producing the show and doing the camera stuff for us moved. And it was kind of the perfect opportunity to kind of get into uh, just doing podcasting. And it seemed easier than YouTube because you didn't have to worry about view counts or anything like that. And you could just kind of roll with it. And to me, audio only podcasts, there's a way more freedom in it to me and it's way more easier to be entertaining. And
3: as you guys can tell, and and for the listener, you you know, we have a video link with uh, with Dan and and Lou here. Uh, You can't see that, but our end, Shane and I's end is just complete crap. I mean, you, you you can see you can see almost half of my face right now, and a good a good half of Shane's face. There I'm in all the way. The, the lighting's just nothing, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way to way to let down the audience. Well, no, I'm I'm saying this to say, audio is our our you know it's our that's day. our strength. Yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs>
1: but lou and i actually still haven't actually done one in the same room yet have we we've done these yeah, all remotely. No, we have just got yeah. into the groove of doing it like this and even though we're only 20 minutes yeah, apart, we're, li- I was just we're
0: literally like 15 minutes up the road but we're like no we're lazy because then i can do this like in my boxes like
2: yeah see that's the thing i mean max and i max and i literally live it's the same deal we live literally t- i live literally 15 minutes away and... i mean if
3: the lights are right i can get to your house in five minutes yeah exactly
2: and it's literally this it's literally always been easier for at least for me to to like i'm more of a just so it's always been easier to like record together like i've never wanted to like i've never wanted to like do this with anybody else like i kind of have a good i kind of have a good rapport with max and i more more importantly when we're in person it's easier to get into the groove of like the comedy and the timing and that's like the whole thing with our show it's like we want people to laugh and i think we get into better timing with that when we're in, in personally definitely, definitely
0: well i actually have to say i really love like the description that you've got on your website just about the two of you because <laughs> i think it's brilliant and i was i was actually just going to read it out just so that everybody knew and could hear it because i think it's brilliant <laughs> i gotta give
2: credit to where credit's due on that one though um, we had our our description before was just said just said something like uh, a podcast about stuff and things or something like that, like a while ago. And then I talked to uh, Tanner Campbell, the guy that does podcast show used to be called podcasting sucks. And now it's called good morning podcasting. He did that audit on our show and dude, it hurt. It hurt. Like he was just like, you're, he was just like, you're, you're, you're about sections, horrible. Your audio is kind of horrible. And that was before we. we I, I've been working on those things in the background, but I needed somebody to kind of kick me in the butt to get it in the right direction. And after that, he was just like, he was just like, come up with something. Like, you know, here's something like the show about nothing. And we had a guy that wrote a comment. The podcast was called A Film by, And they left us a review and hit the title of his review was A Show About Nothing That Makes You Think of Something. And that became our catchphrase from that. And then I was able to come up with uh, the about section just based on who and Max, who Max and I actually are. So, <laughs> but Tanner gets the credit for that because he kind of kicked me in the ass to kind of like
0: change the change what we were doing. Sorry, I just thought it was brilliant when I read the sarcastic heavy metal coffee loving old dude and his best friend Max, a married thirty-something dog and cat owner, discuss a grab bag of topics. You never know what you'll get from episode to episode, and that's part of the fun and charm. It's a podcast about nothing that makes you think of something. Now I'm sitting there and thinking, Dan, yeah, we 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 got to hire like a marketing department or something. Like
1: we've really <laughs> because we haven't even nailed the intro down. <laughs> But having, having said that though, I mean, you know, we, we are coming up to a year ourselves in, in about four weeks and I was actually looking for this episode and, and you know, there's always a time, period of time when Lou and I always think, what, what should we talk about this week? What should we talk about this week? But we, this is, I think, like our 45th episode. So we've actually done 45 random subjects, yeah. which I, I think is, you know, when you look back at it, it's amazing what you, you do actually do, but you just plow on. Each week is another episode. You just keep on going.
2: Yeah, we've tried to record every other week just because it keeps it. We tried every week and just uploading every week just seemed to become a hassle. And every other week works perfect for us. And we throw the ish in there just because like we do a a bi-weekly ish, just because some things happen in life sometimes and you need the ish to kind of save you.
1: Yeah, I've toyed with the idea of maybe doing it every couple of weeks. Because like I said, life, right? <laughs> it's like finding that spare couple of hours.
0: Yeah.
3: And we have repeatedly tried to do this thing where we get a few in the in the can so that we can keep a schedule going. And uh, that just never worked out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We did at the start. We had five at the start and now it's literally this is going out in a few yeah, days. You know what's time, terrible you know? as well is like
0: me and Dan, we were gonna like name the episodes and like in terms of order, and then because at the beginning we had so many episodes in the bank, we were like we can't do that because then if we say episode four and put it out at every oh, yeah, time. Yeah. Whereas now, in reality, it only happened for about the first five episodes and now we're like week to week, right? This is what we're talking about. <laughs> um but yeah, it's been been an interesting journey. Very interesting journey.
1: We'll come back to your podcast at the end, but I was just also going to say, do you want to give a shout to to any socials or or where the best sort of best place to hear you is?
0: The
2: preferred platform, pretty much, is Good Pods. Uh, we like I like using Good Pods; it's easy. But you could you, you could hear us on any platform: Spotify, Apple. We've been seeming to get a little bit more more of a what's the word I'm looking for. It's the word I'm looking for. I, no, I, I don't know. We get more lessons. We've been seeming to get more lessons on, on an Apple podcast recently, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so either we, pretty much anywhere we're available pretty much anywhere. I made it, I made it pretty much. You can get the thing even on YouTube. If you wanted to go to our YouTube channel, you can get the audio format of this. So um, best socials to get in touch with us are Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can email us at Shane and I at gmail.com. Any questions? <laughs>
3: Oh, actually, yeah. We I'm, I'm going to say we love getting any listener feedback, any emails. That's something we can work with. So if anybody wants to send us anything at, yeah. what, what was our email address again? Shane and I at gmail.com. Shane and I at gmail.com. Then, uh, yeah, do that, please.
1: It's true, isn't it? Just a bit of feedback. That's that's all. You, that's all you want. It's, it's great when you do get a little bit of feedback. It kind of just makes it work a bit worthwhile, you know, that you're not just talking <laughs> out into the void. So,
0: <laughs> well, we did discuss in our aliens topic that hopefully we're being picked up by outer space. Anyways, <laughs> we're hoping that we've got a huge following out there somewhere in like yeah. the ether.
1: <laughs> I think I did see you tweet just before the episode actually, that you are still charting in the UK Apple charts.
2: It's, cra- it's crazy. I don't know. I, I, I kind of think I have an idea of how, why it's happening. We switched from, uh, we were using a free podcasting hosting service for a while. We were using Anchor and then we switched. And the hosting service we use now is in the UK, but I got a better deal. The, the deal I got from them was, okay. I mean, it's a pretty good deal. And, um, I think we're getting a lot of listeners from that, from them being based in the UK, which is crazy. But yeah, we're charting in like UK and Ireland, which is weird. Ireland, yeah, Ireland, a lot down. Yeah,
1: it's funny because I've well, we've just changed our uh, we've just changed our platform as well, literally in the last week. So this is the second week on the new platform. We were on Anchor as well, just weren't getting enough from like the analytics. I I think so. Already, sort of changing. You can see the sort of more downloads that that we were getting before.
0: That's it, and now it's, now it's given me and Dan like ultimate confidence because now we're gunning for Joe Rogan. Yeah, we are too.
2: we're going for Joe. We're going for Rogan too. Joe Rogan, watch your back.
0: Watch out. Yeah, team up.
2: Team up. Team up. One day we'll be in Austin, Texas too. We'll live right next door to him. Yeah, I I think I I
3: prefer living in in delightful wine country. Yeah, yeah, me too
2: we'll be the West excited. Coast Joe Rogan. We'll be the West Coast Joe Rogan. How about that? Yeah, the West Coast Joe Rogan. Yeah.
0: Say <laughs> so more marketing strategies. Yeah, I,
2: I switched a couple months. I switched probably four months back just because, I, like you said, the, the, the analytics weren't really good. And then I was having some, I was trying to reach out for them for customer service. And it seemed like they, they used to be really good with customer service. And then all of a sudden, over like six months, over a year or whatever, it just kind of stopped being as good, and it was just weird. And anyway, it was getting frustrating. There'd be times where I'd try to upload, and like they would be like, Oh, we can't upload on Spotify right now, and it's like, Whoa, okay, that's weird. And uh, so somebody had re- somebody I knew was using uh, the server that I have now, it's Captivate, and uh, somebody I knew was using that, and they had nothing but glowing things to say about it, and I was like, Okay, and uh, when I switched to them, like I've had no issues at all like it's been great
1: amazingly that i I managed to transfer it without any issues either can i i'm in the same boat like i was like
2: i had to reason i watched a couple youtube videos on how to do it and i was like okay here we go
0: (laughs) well i was gonna say it's funny that we're talking about issues of computers having to switch over because i was gonna (laughs) lead us into our topic Uh, but if you
1: had a final point no no all i was saying was for me I, i'm making it sound like it was all me but i actually had a lot of help from um antonio from the Cultworthy. I i'm not gonna say it was all me i, had a lot yeah, I did of help. that episode
2: <laughs> with him on uh on the Cultworthy classic and we're planning on doing something else i gotta watch the movie he sent me yeah. i like, i really like his show his show is really good
1: yeah he's 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 a good guy he's a good guy
0: on the subject um, this episode is about Y2K. (laughs) Um, Now obviously I feel like my experiences potentially for some of the older gentlemen than I in the in the virtual room that we're here in might have a different perspective on Y2K Um, but just as a brief um, kind of like preamble into the discussion um, Y2K was basically the shorthand term for the year 2000 and is commonly referred to Basically, like widespread concern that computers in the year 2000 were basically all gonna self destruct and basically the world was gonna come to an end. It came about basically because when computer programs were being programmed from the 60s to the 80s, computer engineers used a two digit code for the year and the 19 was basically left out. So instead of it being 1970, it basically just read 70. Now, the reason for this was they shortened the date because data storage in computers was costly and took up a lot of space. That's why, obviously, you know, yeah, that's (laughs) what it was. It was all money. (laughs) (laughs) So as the year 2000 approached, computer programmers realized that computers might not interpret a double zero as 2000, but instead read it as 1900. And there was basically just widespread panic and fear that it would have an effect on all computers and planes would run out, like fall out the sky, that sort of thing. So they basically, people assumed that electronics wouldn't be able to compute dates that didn't begin with 19 because they were basically run on outdated computer systems. And obviously it was coming up to a period of time where lots of things were all run on computers towards the late nineties. You've seen like a huge technological change in which everything was kind of driving towards a digital age so there were a couple of things specifically that people were worried about so it's banks traffic lights power grids airports microwaves um was a funny one to me to read that people were concerned about their microwaves um televisions and i, I read something funny and I'm, have to, I'm gonna have to get it in here and it's doomsdayers believed that even mechanical processes like flushing toilets would be affected by the y2k bug, i remember that which i think is amazing i think that's amazing
1: i was just gonna say lou sorry for me what you said there the two that really stand out so i would have been 22 and i was working my first job but it was the fear it was literally planes were going to fall out the sky you were going to get trapped in lifts um everything would stop working it it was you know because we also it was called the millennium bug as well i'm not sure if you you said that there was over here anyway and i've got a couple of stories from some um other pods later which is even more kind of mind-blowing but yeah, it was panic. There was, a, there was a fear that everything was just going Well, stop. this is
0: the thing I was actually going to skip over because obviously in the year 2000, I still had a Capri Sun in one hand and an action man in the other. <laughs> um, so my memory of Y2K is, 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 is going to be relatively limited because I didn't live for it. So I wanted to kind of ask Dan, Shade and Max, what kind of was it like at the time leading up? What was your personal experiences of the kind of fear that surrounded at the time?
2: You want to go first? Or
3: you want me to go first? Oh, I'll go first. Okay. Yeah, I'll totally go first. Okay. So first off, I'll tell you, I was uh 14, I was in the eighth grade, and uh, I don't I don't know what you guys call that across the pond, but here we call it the eighth grade, and uh, and it, it it was uh it was uh, uh honestly
2: uh, stupid. <laughs>
3: That's all I got.
2: Is that, what I, you, is that how you remember it? No, that it was I,
3: stupid. He, all right, so here's I can
2: imagine being a kid. I can imagine being a kid back then <laughs> and thinking that like this is dumb. All right, so so
3: here's what I really remember. I remember people like you know talking about it. I remember hearing about this, like oh, everybody's bank account is going to go to zero, and the planes are going to forget how to fly. And, and <laughs> that one not you still crack yeah. The and, but the one that people were, that people were really freaking out about was like, everybody's bank account is going to go to zero and all their, all their debts are going to go to zero and it's all, the whole financial system is going to fucking implode and, 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 and the world will, will be fucking over. It'll be dark. And, and that's I, what they're talking about. Yeah. And I can't remember, I, I, I can only remember thinking like, why don't the banks just like print out fucking everybody's balance so that, if if that happens they they got a record there and they can just go back in and you know input it because you, you could, that's actually a pretty
2: good idea for yeah, a 14 year old
3: in fact like like i so I, I i was i was fully aware that you know just just 10 years before that though there were computers not everything was run on computers and i was like you know i i get how shit could go down but can't Can't you just for that one day, like if everybody would act as if it was the 80s instead of 1999, you know, (laughs) we could get through this one fucking day, you know, this one day when it changes from from December 31st, 1999 to January 1st,
2: 2000. See, for me, what I remember going into 99, like I remember very little because 99 was like, honestly, like a big plot, which pretty hazy. A lot of it's a blackout. Uh, I got cleaned up and sober. I stopped, I got cleaned up in in the year 2000, so you could tell how bad of a year 99 was for me, but I remember um, I I remember like I was, I want to say I was 28, almost 29 at the time, and like when you're 28, 29, most of the people I was hanging out with were like, the world's going to end. Like It wasn't just like the computers are going to go. It was like people my age were like The world's going to end, so you might as well just have all the sex you want, all the booze you want, all the way up until (laughs) – all the dope you want, all the way up until January 1st. And then everything – it's just done. There were things that would crack me up that people would talk about and be serious about that I could remember thinking it was hysterical. I could remember people – the microwave thing you brought up was a real thing. I could remember people being freaked out that their microwave – because it was the digital clock, they were afraid the digital clock wasn't going to reset on the microwave, and the microwave was going to like yeah. they were going to put it in on January. They're going to put something in the microwave on January first, and all of a sudden it was just going to blow up on January first, not any other time, <laughs> just January first. Um, I had friends that were that stopped using bank accounts because they were they were pretty sure they just withdrew all their money from bank accounts and they put their money in cash. And um, but I really remember just like. Just people wanting to just get loaded, all it. The- I mean, I was one of them. I was like, "Well, if the world's going to end, I might as well go out as be as messed up as I possibly can." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, fun. honestly, it wasn't too fun. It got pretty dark, but I could remember. Also, I could remember they had like Woodstock '99 that year, and that turned in. I had to like rewatch these things to kind of like remember what actually what how it happened because my memories, my memories my memory is bad yeah remember the mud people yeah that's from Woodstock oh you got it. I re- that, that okay. was 94 i think that was no that was, 99. No, that was 99. Yeah. um but like I mean in 99 what else did we let happen it wasn't just the melay I mean we let limp biscuit become a big 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 band in 1999 oh. um yeah that's just a sign that the world's gonna end yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't realize though that Limp biscuit was a sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> it,
2: where I, the people that I hung out with, they were kind of like, "This is horrible." <laughs> I liked it, but most of the people, my friends, didn't like it.
1: One of the things, though, and 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 I think it is very much a divide about sort of UK or or Europe and, and America was. America is kind of primed for what we call them like the doomsday preppers, yeah. anyway, aren't they? And I think that must have really played into to, to kind of these now. Actually, I've got a story. I think I'll use it now. Lou, you don't mind if I jump into a
0: No, no, a no, story?
1: go for it. I reached out to a couple of people. And this is, we mentioned him, this is Antonio from the Cultworthy. Um, he said, he, so he grew up in Utah. And he said, one thing you'll find is that members of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints are highly encouraged to have plentiful emergency food supply, you know, just in case there's an apocalypse. Right, now he was renting a room at his best friend's house for the summer before getting a place of his own. During the entirety of 1999, his family who were very active in the church were convinced that this was the latter days and that there would be a world changing event come Y2K. Um, every day, the mother and father would be bringing in bags of canned goods, gallons of bottled water, military rations, and boxes of cereal. It became a hoarding situation. Uh, this was a large house with a vast basement full of bedrooms and closets. Over the year, they filled all the spare bedrooms and closets with dry goods and water bottles. As the month of January came to the close, they came to him one morning and said they needed him to move out. Uh, Not because he was a bad tenant, but because they said they needed extra (laughs) space for more food supply. And when the end comes, he should be with his family. He said he was fine with this as it was getting embarrassing having to sneak girls in the house anyway. So that's an interesting (laughs) turn there. But as he was moving stuff out, they would immediately fill the empty space with more canned goods and cereal boxes. And like he said, and, and obviously as we're doing this now, he said, as we know, the end of the world didn't come. For nearly a decade after, though, whenever he would visit his friend's house, there were still piles of cans and dried goods, um, long since it expired. For all I know, over 20 years later, they're still there. And this is, to finish with, he says, the bright side of this was my friend found stacks of Pepsi six-packs that had the Phantom Menace adverts nice, on the cans, nice. which fetched a bit of money on <laughs> eBay. So... <laughs> So it's just, Lou, just to kind of back up what you said there, they asked this him to move out so they could put more food in to, to get ready. It's amazing. <laughs> it is crazy,
0: isn't it? And the thing is, as well, I guess it maybe came because obviously computers in, in kind of the grand scheme of things at the time were still relatively new technology, I guess, in terms of the things that they were taking over. Um, and I feel like it was just more a case of not naivety towards these things, but you know, we didn't use computers in the way that we do now, and have a PC on every in every household and that sort of thing. So, I guess the fear, to an extent, was almost a little bit justified. But with all of these things, even as we've probably seen over the last two years, people always drive themselves insane. Like, do you know what I read? I thought about when I read that story about the toilet not flushing and people worrying i can just imagine that someone woke up on january 1st the year 2000 and their toilet has just happened to break that day and they've screamed (laughs) in their house like it's happening it's happening No, you
2: know i can remember reading stuff of of stuff like that happening actually like people wake up and like 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 their microwave happened to like not be plugged in or something and they freaked (laughs) out running out into the street thinking the world was gonna end and like their neighbor was like no it's everything's fine like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And it was it was still a time before like there was no like in it there was no nothing like uh like social media, so you didn't really know. So if you like woke up the next morning and something was out in your house, you were pretty gonna be pretty convinced that shit was going down. You know what I mean? Like you were pretty convinced that like it's ending now. I better do something. And you were talking about Antonio's let thing where he's talking about preppers. I had a friend who was like that. And he was like, he had taken, he had taken space in his mom's, one of his mom's extra rooms in her house. And she didn't, cause she didn't buy into the whole, the world's going to end in 2000, but he did. And he, he he paid her extra money. He paid her like an extra 50 bucks a month to let him store all this extra canned stuff in her house (laughs) um, and everything he needed for the end of the world. And when it didn't happen, she was like, you got to take all that stuff out of the room. And he was like, Oh, okay. And he, Instead of doing that, he moved across. the sea. He moved out of state. Like he was supposed to move it out on like a Friday. Instead of moving all the stuff out of that, like he had built it up to the ceiling, like and she oh, was like, man. it was horrible. Like all the stuff he had it was just like. He was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll take care of it on like Friday, and she was like, okay, and like the next, like that week, that Friday, he happened to move out of state, just like by telling. <laughs> it was just funny to me. He was telling me the story. He's like. Because I didn't want to deal with it. He's like, I don't want to deal with it. Like, what am I going to do with all that stuff? Like, let her deal with it. <laughs> him and his mom didn't have the best relationship. And the, the the fact that he he was able to pay her, which explains why she just didn't, like, give him the room. Like, just say, hey, take the room. And, like, she was like, no, you're going to pay me an extra 55 bucks a month or whatever to store the stuff in that room. And I guess the reason, the reason the reason she didn't want to she wanted it out of the house because not only was it taking up too much room, but he never paid her the 55 bucks a month.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now she's still eating tomato I, soup. He was
2: under the impression like I was. He was like, why am I going to pay the money if the world's going to end anyway? Like, she'll be gone. Like, it's not yeah, like yeah, I'll yeah, miss her yeah, and everything. Yeah. Like <laughs> But she'll be gone. <laughs>
1: I'll just move into the Marvelous. house. That was his right. plan we don't really do that here do well, we Lee?
0: do you know what i would say i would say i thought we didn't and then covid came and then everyone really did yeah so the like toilet roll oh the toilet roll <laughs> was the, beans. the worst thing you guys had that same problem huh oh the toilet roll was awful yeah baked beans
2: did you guys have people hoarding toilet paper too
0: oh honestly it was ridiculous like i remember the thing is i don't know if i've said this on a podcast before i've got bowel disease So obviously Uh, people hoarding toilet paper becomes a problem for me because whilst a normal person might go through four in two weeks, I go through four a day. So when they put limits on it at the supermarkets, (laughs) I was like, you don't understand. I was like, sell me more (laughs) toilet roll. I was like, I can't do this. (laughs) They're like, no one per person. So yeah, I I really didn't think it would be like that here. And then we saw crisis. I was like, no, that's it. I was like, if the end of the world did come, that was it. Uh, I, I need to stock up on newspapers or something like that. <laughs> but but
1: yeah <laughs> to go Lou. to go back to something you said though i think why it did have such a big effect here anyway is like you said and i was talking to leo allen from voluntary input about this back then tech was seen as being kept by experts whereas now everyone's yeah. got tech all around their house and we all know roughly we can all set up a route or do this or do that but back then tech was seen as this mystical thing kept by these these IT expert yeah and if they were saying that I think it maybe lent a bit more. Well, again,
0: even leading on from that, so like I did a little bit of reading into um, companies and research groups and, and talking about cost to basically fix problems that would arise. So there was a research firm, Gartner, estimated that the global costs to fix the Y2K bug were expected to be between $300 and $600 billion. And then individual companies also basically estimated their own personal costs as companies. So General Motors stated that it would be causing six five hundred $565 million worth of damage damages city corp estimated 600 million and mci stated 400 million so when you've got huge corporations coming out and thinking we are in deep shit because this is how much it's going to cost us to fix this you must have had people driven mad by it because at the end of the day like when banks come out and are panicking about it when big corporations are coming out and panicking about it and again at a time where you are getting all of your news from newspapers the the news channels there's not social media that you can reach out to millions of other people potentially it must have actually been quite a quite a relatively scary thing to have to have had people talking about in the lead up to well over
1: here they put the government did an eight page booklet i think that went into newspapers for households as well to read so they could understand what it was and what they could do so it was it was down to that level that there was a group i think called uk action 2000 you know, and they sent out leaflets saying your business is in danger. You know, it's it, it, it was, uh, what's the word? Misunder. There's a lot of misunderstanding, I think, of what could or couldn't happen. Because we still don't really know ultimately what did or didn't happen because there was a lot of work done. So I think there was, so I've got some examples of things that did happen. So not necessarily saying that Y2K wasn't a thing, but to the extreme levels that were being said maybe is, is what was blown up boot you know beyond proportions yeah i had a
2: friend i had a friend he worked that he had just gotten his uh he just became what's it called an it tech in 99 and he he went right to work like right out of school like fresh it tech like they were like we need you to fix the x y and z for this uh thing that's coming and back then i can remember it was like right he got out of school in 98 and i can remember back in the beginning, like the end of 98 to the beginning of 99, he was like, he was like, he couldn't talk about it. Like he was like, no, I'm doing this secret project. Like they weren't in the beginning of 99. I can remember they weren't making a big deal about it because I don't, I don't know why, but I remember talking to him about it. And he was like, I'm on this secret project right now. I can't really talk about it, but let's just say I'm making a, but I'm making a butt ton of money right now. And he was like fresh out of school. And he was like, he, at the, like six months into this job, he had, he was like able to start his own IT. I mean, le- later on it folded or whatever, but at that time, being an IT tech fresh out of school, you were gonna get a good amount of money to figure out this Y2K thing and go to work fixing all these computer bugs. And he kind of, and to his credit, he saw that when he went to school to become a computer programmer, he kind of saw something that like that like that was gonna happen. And everybody was like, "Oh, dude, you're nuts! It's not gonna happen." And sure enough, he was like, yeah, that's, I made a bunch of money and, and I got out, he got out, started his own business. And, but I can remember having conversations with him. And the part that always cracks me up when I catch up with him these days is how secretive he was about what he was working on. Like, he was just <laughs> like, I can't talk about it. They're going to, they're going to, They'll come for me if I talk about it. I'm
1: like, who? He's like, them, <laughs> <laughs> they, them. IT techs were like the James Bond of the world, they yeah. weren't they? Of the business world, <laughs> yeah. man.
2: They were, they were like rock stars, but, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's like you, you talk about money and Lou, like you were saying as well about money. I, I've got an article here from 1999, ZNet, um, and they were saying here basically the cost of mitigation. On average, each small business was allocating $16,500 towards solving the problem, which to a lot of, you know, small businesses back then, that's that's a lot of the budget of to be putting aside for, for IT. Yeah. And at the time, yeah, I think, Lou, did you quote Sage? They said 55% of small businesses under 500 employees reported they'd already fixed their Y2K problems and 38%. So most businesses were on it and doing it. So you know that that's the thing did we mitigate some of the things because some of the issues i'm gonna i'll I'll read out after were very minor but i wonder what would have happened if nothing did happen would it like you said we just woken up with a hangover after sort of seeing in the millennium or would you have been not been able to flush the toilet
2: (laughs) was still so ridiculous (laughs) that one cracks me up to this day too that's that's always the thing that i wonder too is like did they actually take care of it? Like, was it so did they actually take care of it to the point where we woke up on January 1st or whatever? And it was like, Oh, see, I know. Look at that. They were lying the whole time. Or was it the opposite of where people, all these people did a bunch of work to where, which is what I think now, now years later, I think that a bunch of people did a bunch of work and it kind of like, I don't think it was going to be as bad as people said, but I think a bunch of people did enough work to where it wasn't, it wasn't even a thing.
1: Well, there's definitely advantage being taken because the other story I've got, and Lou, this, uh, let's see what you think of this. Was um, This was Leo saying the thing that st- stands out for him about Y2K is being too honest and somewhat fearful of getting caught because he said otherwise he could have made a lot of money selling, basically what people were doing was selling Y2K system check disks. <laughs> basically, they didn't do anything. They actually were selling them to businesses, putting them in, and I think all they would do is say, yeah, your system's fine. So they were selling disks <laughs> for compliance against it. And, and, and they, you know, I mean, fair play to them for doing it. But, you know, they're capitalising on that fear at the time.
0: <laughs> well, I was actually going to come in and say just the story about the computer programmer straight out of school making money. Was it just a complete scam from computer programmers at the time who were seen as so technically gifted? They were just like, oh, my God, what happened about computers? We could we could create a panic. And what we'll do, we'll just walk into businesses, mash keyboards, pretend that we fix things. And then this disaster
1: that never would have happened just won't happen ever. You no, know that's a... surely well I was going to say all surely all you have to do is put your clock forward to December 31st 1999 2359 right and just see what happens <laughs> even... surely yeah. that's what you yeah. have to do <laughs>
3: Yeah absolutely that 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 would have shown you what was going to happen
2: yeah. <laughs> I can imagine people doing that my friend the the guy that I had that, that I know that was in tech like it was real for, it was like, he went to a legit company. I guess the school he went to hooked him up with an interview and all that stuff. And it was a legit company that was legitimately afraid of Y2K happening. Years later, he talks about it. And he'll, he'll even say, yeah, it was just a Y2. We didn't do anything. Like he would go there, sit in front of a computer, stare at a screen and, like, look for misplaced dots on the computer. Like, if there were a decimal point off or whatever, he had to fix that. Like, office space. It would be, like, where they had to fix computer programming. Oh, yeah. But he would literally do that, and then he would leave. And, like, he, he was, like, back then, though, you couldn't talk about it. Like, you didn't want it. They were afraid, like, if they mentioned it early on, that people, people would get into a hysteria like they did. I could remember I could remember, that it just, just cracks me up when he would tell me how secretive it was. It's just it's like, no, I can't tell you, man. I can't tell you what I'm doing. Like, I have a brother, one of my half-brothers used to be in the Navy, and he would go on submarines. And, like, I get why he can't tell me, like, what he does on a submarine. Like, I understand that. Like, but a computer programming guy, like, come on, man. <laughs> man it's, Silicon
3: Valley just loves their non-disclosure agreements. Yeah.
1: There were also stickers, weren't they? They were. I think they were putting on machines saying, turn your computers off before midnight on December 31st. Oh,
2: I remember that. I also remember that that was the year uh, Chris Jericho came into the WWE. That's the other random thing I remember. They had this whole Y2J <laughs> Sabus yeah,
0: thing.
1: Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I- Iconic <Yeah. laughs>
0: music as well, where it was just like the the Y2J original soundtrack was brilliant. Should, again, getting back into wrestling now. Yeah. Um, I did think to myself, though, so... Obviously it was a huge, huge issue, but surely you would have known that it wasn't a problem because other people in the world would have experienced it before you because of time difference. <laughs> so like surely right. the Australians woke up before everybody here did and were like, Oh, fuck, mate, nothing's happened. And then all of a sudden, surely everybody should have been fine across the world.
2: I also remember uh, that I think I think they like they actually did broadcast something like that, where people they'd be like, Oh uh, people in Australia just woke up and they're fine. Yeah, I, I remember that. Am I, I, I I'm not, I'm not
3: tripping then? No, I remember watching the uh, fireworks over Beijing. And, and you know, they had a great fireworks show. And they're like, okay, well, you know, Y2K hits us in 20 hours. But uh, they're fine in China, so don't worry about it.
1: Do you not think the Australians could have had a bit of fun with us? So when it struck midnight, they could have all started running around and start making <laughs> the, the monitors turn off. That would have been good. And yeah, it fun. could have been such a good art yeah. story, it's, couldn't it? You have got... It's happening! <laughs> <laughs> you've got people yeah. lighting fires in the streets
0: and like <laughs> yeah
1: put those discs in the drives now
2: <laughs> if you didn't start restart your computer you're done you're done <laughs>
3: if you need the toilet go now. Um,
1: <laughs> but this is the thing I, I found some examples under this article say did anything happen right now the thing is you can read this out and a lot of the things could just be normal tech issues on a lot of them Now, the key thing here is it said countries such as Italy, Russia and South Korea did very little to prepare for it. And they had no more problems than the rest of the countries that did like the US and Europe. Uh, the rest of europe that spent millions australia invested millions of dollars preparing for the y2k bug russia invested none australia recalled almost all its entire embassy from russia prior to the first of january because of it what might happen if transportations networks etc broke down but nothing did and things like this in australia bus ticket validation machines failed well i'm sure if they could go there today and there'd be bus ticket validation machines that have failed <laughs> In the U.S., over 150 slot machines at racetracks in Delaware failed. <laughs> you know, bad if you want to use the slot machines. Bad if you're in
2: Delaware, too.
1: Spain had a worker summoned to a tribunal on the 3rd of February, 1900. <laughs> South Korea also summoned 170 people to court on the 4th of January, 1900. And Italy, yeah, sent bills out for 1900. What, the only one I failed for the U.K. was some credit card transactions failed. I mean, that happens every day for me. So <laughs> <it's>... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so again, it's just, there's no, there just doesn't seem to be. So we had a couple there that were 1900 based, but just doesn't feel enough to have potentially warranted $600 billion, did you say, Lee?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. And do you know what, just you saying that about the tribunal that went to 1900, could you imagine all of the prisoners whose records, and all of a sudden they've woken up on the 1st of January, they're like, fuck, I've got another 100 years to serve.
1: Yeah, the one I did get here was the U.S. apparently detected missile launches in Russia and they put it down to the Y2K bug. But apparently it was part of a planned Russia was in a conflict at the time. It's part of that. But, you know, that's when you start getting into like there was a a Japanese nuclear power facility had some failure. That's then when all the focus should have been on there, not somebody trying to put a don't don't restart your computer at this time of night or your microwave. You know, you might not be able to use your popcorn machine in the morning. It, 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 the, okay. the focus should have been on those kind of yeah. things. Yeah. But are we not saying knowing this deep down? And, and like I said, we can apply this to a lot of things. There's a deep seated fear of people, people just the unknown, or if they're being told that something cataclysmic is going to happen, there's a lack of control. Do we think that's I what think it so. Is?
2: And I, you could even look back. There was another thing that was, what was the one that, when the world was going to come to end that was only a few years ago? 2012, what? man. The yeah, Ma- the the Mayan calendar right yeah 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 and but that was it I but compared to like Y two K like that was there it seemed like because of social media and because people were able to be like no this isn't gonna happen kind of thing and they had a bunch of research to to back up why it wouldn't happen I think back then in in ninety nine it was more. You had you had this thing of word of mouth, and somebody could you could get a story from somebody, and it could be exaggerated times ten. But if it's a believable source, you're gonna you're gonna kind of believe that. And I just remember around my friend group around that time, like we really believed like shit was gonna end in two thousand. Like we really believed it was gonna, we we believed it was gonna happen, and we all had theories of, as to why. But uh, I think. I think now it's just, I think there's a lot more, it's easier to access information and you can kind of see if things are going to act, if it's actually a thing thing or not. Yeah. Like the Mayan I, thing, you can kind of see that it was like, it couldn't happen. Yeah. Like, also, I, I think
3: it's just generally speaking, easier to believe that some kind of computer glitch that, which is a technology that exists that you don't fully understand yeah. could happen rather than like Quetzalcoatl coming back to eat the universe, <laughs> you know, that, that just yeah. makes more
0: sense. I think nowadays people would have more uh, like less of a complete panic especially about digital stuff because I guess computers are so we're so used to them now and it's true the access to information just means that there would just be no kind of like organized panic amongst people. I did actually find um a a forum thread and it was people's best stories that they'd heard either personally or kind of from word of mouth of people hunkering down for Y2K. And I will read the best one that I've found. Oh, nice. So this one, they they didn't describe him exactly, but they just gave all of the information. So know a fella locally here who was hunkered down. Solar everything. Enough batteries to pass Cincinnati, enough booze and cigarettes to stockpile, stockpile to supply three infantry brigades, pallets of freeze dried fu- food, and a piece to piece de resistance. 100 pairs of male and female hamsters in cages in his basement. And his thinking was that because they breed and give birth so quickly, he would have fresh meat for eternity. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think, how much oh, meat wow. are you getting off of a hamster wow. anyway? Like, I just thought to myself, <laughs> unbelievable and you know that when he came out he was like shit what the fuck do i do with that's, all these hamsters? that's crazy like, he's like yeah. taking them back to the pet store to get a refund they're like um, no i'm really sorry sir but you can't
1: be doing this <laughs> i am gonna pick fault with something that you've said though and i think you've, you've all said where you said we weren't gonna panic now facebook goes down for half an hour and the world's up in arms and we, true, they, yeah. they don't know what to yeah. do they're taking to the press oh, yeah. and, and hitting these down detector yeah. websites you lose facebook for half an hour we can't Yeah, cope. maybe
0: it would be more so like that like that imagine if you had like really widespread like social media outages like if you had an instance so facebook and instagram are now all both meta aren't they so it's perfectly plausible that if the company as a whole had an issue both of those sites would go down because I think Instagram not long ago had like really huge outages didn't it and I think that would be a hugely worrying thing then probably for people because it's the access to information it's the access to people that you know and all of a sudden it's like that sense of everything's fine kind of being dissipated because you have no access to any of it so yeah maybe you're right maybe it would be worse now in actual fact then. I retract my previous statement. <laughs>
3: yeah, that that might actually be good for the world if if the whole world just got a day or two without social media, people might remember, you know, just like that they were human beings, they're not part of this giant <laughs> yeah. global fucking uh, like like festival of of hate and fear that that is that is so much of social media. Yeah, deep in for a second. I I have I have I have this huge hatred of social media. So at the same time, man, like like if some if some crazy like back in the year two thousand, I mean honestly, what's the worst that could happen? The bank prints out your balance, and you print out your balance. You know, just get a receipt from the ATM or the teller the day before, you know, as proof. You know, and you're fine. But but now, if if some crazy computer shit happened, like somebody could hack into my car and and drive it into yeah. a, a gas station if they yep. wanted, you know? And 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 my phone my phone knows what my face looks like. And and it could deep fake me if it wanted to, because I know, I believe that it is always filming me. And, uh, and and all this like technology is crazy and scary now. And the Chinese government knows where you are at any given moment because of their freaking Skynet thing. And why would they name it Skynet? That's the that's the bad guy from Terminator that destroys humanity. <laughs> and, and so technology is fucking terrifying now. Back in the year 2000, it was just like, oh, your bank balance might get fucked up. Fucking just get a copy. Get paper, 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 <laughs> man. Now, nowadays, paper is not going to save you. So maybe Terminator is actually
2: a true movie then.
3: Yeah, or maybe, maybe. Like, Y2K actually happened. The world ended. We all died. And we're in the Matrix right now.
2: That's, a guy, <laughs> that's what that guy Andrew Tate says.
3: Yeah, we're in the Matrix.
1: We talked about conspiracy about this, where the world ended in 2012, oh, okay. when yeah, the Hadron yeah. Collider. So, yeah, we're just a bit late. But the, the, the problem with the Terminator is, does the Terminator have the uh, Y2K bug, though? That would, that would have been the problem. Would he have been shut down? But you know we've got another one on the way. There's another oh, issue is... coming up in 2038. It's called the 2038 problem. So YK2, no Y2K38. <laughs> so it's um, the it's in Unix systems, apparently. Yeah, Unix became the default in the 70s or an operating system in the 70s. The way Unix keeps the time is through. I won't go into all the complicated stuff because I don't understand it. But it's a 32-bit counting system which has been counting forward from 0000 UTC. From January the first, nineteen seventy, I think it can go up to two billion seconds either way, which would basically take us up to three three fourteen a.m. on the nineteenth of January, twenty thirty-eight, and it will then start to count on the negative scale. So they're saying that we've got potentially another similar thing that could happen in in twenty thirty-eight. But as you you were both saying now, we're a lot more connected to tech now so you've got gps system braking systems traction control in cars yeah. alone
0: see but this is the thing that one is going to be when artificial intelligence is on the up and then we're going to have this huge technological crash and then the ai is going to take over that's what that one's going to be it's going to be like iRobot, but real life that's yeah i can see that i can see one. that i can see yeah. that one
2: happening that and the terminator one yeah i can see both yeah. of those yeah. things happening
0: all of a sudden, uh, all the Teslas are just veering off the roads because they're like, fuck me. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Teslas are talking to you now, get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll tell you something.
3: I can't wait till I have a self driving car.
2: Self driving cars freak me out.
3: I know. It freaks me out too. But at the same time, like the dream is, um, is I can get, and I know this is bad. I know this is wrong, but the dream is that I can get a little more sleep on my way to work,
2: you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> You could eat some cookie dough while you're driving.
0: Yeah, I, I, I wonder what happens when they become such a thing that laws are relaxed to say, yeah, at this point, self-driving cars are so good, you can't just sleep on your journey. Because at some point, you would expect that that has to happen if self-driving cars become so the norm. I
3: actually have a theory about that. Yeah. Oh, go on then. I, I actually have a theory about that. And my theory is that self-driving cars already are better drivers than human beings in general, even the best-driving human being and people are just scared of the new technology and that's it
2: that's the know. whole that's the yeah. whole
3: fucking thing that's it
2: i don't know yeah. i disagree i have, i've seen i've seen self-driving cars go on little rampages like not stopping time like i've seen some things on yeah TV. and i've never seen a human drive i'm not i'm not Ooh. saying that humans are any better i'm <laughs> saying that you know what that self-driving cars aren't the be-all and end-all. Maybe it's because I'm no, old. I bet, yeah, also, yeah, they're not the be-all and end-all.
3: I just think self-driving cars are better than human-driven cars. I was once in a human-driven car, did a full 360 in its lane. That, that's it. That's the whole story. We did a 360 in our lane. That's it? Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, it was kind of scary.
1: The thing is, I love driving. I just don't like other human drivers. The, it's the <laughs> other human drivers that annoy me. That's the problem. Yeah, I'm with you
2: there. That's the thing that annoys me. <laughs> I was just annoyed the other last night. I couldn't figure out somebody was in the fast lane. This one always kills me right here in the States. It's like you have your fast lane, your middle lane, and your slow lane. And I always get, I mean, it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm coming home from work and it's like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm the only one in the fast lane and I'm cruising along. And all of a sudden this guy for this guy's in the fast lane and we come to a bottleneck section on the freeway. And this guy's in the fast lane doing like 45 miles an hour. And like, I can't get around them because we're in a bottleneck even at 10 o'clock at night when you come to this one section of road, it just kind of bottlenecks and it's going to be backed up for a little bit. There's nobody in front of him. There's nobody like, like reason to be freaked out. So I finally was able to pass this guy. And this is what the, the part about people that drive that irritates me. I go to pass him and this guy is in the fast lane on his phone. Like he's literally looking at his phone as he's driving in the fast lane. And I'm like I'm like a no looking at my phone kind of guy when I drive. I don't look at it. I may select some music on yeah. it, but I pay full attention to what's going on around me. And it is noisy me to no end when I see somebody messing around on their phone as they're driving.
3: You know what doesn't mess around on its phone while it's driving? Self driving cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see (laughs) when
0: you said he was going that fast in the slow lane i thought it could only be one of two things either drunk or texting because i feel like that's the only reason people drive that slow on motorways and freeways surely
2: (laughs) and it happens a lot i think it happens a lot more out here than it does that it does especially in california it happens a lot i see it a lot more at least like i see people like it's like dude how are you paying attention to the road (laughs) like I have a I I wanna concentrate on where I'm going and like I wanna make sure people around me are safe. Like I'm I gotta avoid people like you that are on their phone looking at looking at whatever it is you could like look at social media when you get to where you're going.
3: Yeah, we're Max. Or get a self-driving car.
2: Or get a self-driving
3: car. Yeah. Then you don't have to worry about that. You could just be <laughs> on your phone the whole time. Yeah, you could be on your phone the whole time and perfectly safe because it's gonna drive better than you if you were, you know, stone-cold sober and perfectly focused. So there right you go. now, yeah. we, have
0: got an, we have got an issue with self-driving cars in the UK because at the minute, the Tesla auto drives work lovely in the States, from what I understand. But British roads are not built like American roads. There are so many things to avoid. They're really poorly marked. So like A-roads and like country roads just don't have any markings whatsoever. And even motorways in this country are really poorly marked. So you've seen like instances where self-driving cars don't see because here a lot of cars like park on the curb or on like the sidewalk up against it. And self-driving cars haven't got the technology yet that identifies those cars. So they will just drive straight into them. So we've just got British roads that just don't accommodate it at the see, I'm, I'm just nothing nothing up is it
2: It's actually happening. <laughs> okay. All right.
0: I'll give you that. See, whereas you've you got that. like yeah. lovely, beautiful, open, wide roads See, that are well marked, yeah, man. long, it's actually smooth. <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, yeah, British self-driving cars—the roads are unfortunately too stupid for them at the minute.
1: Well, we've got our little robotic food delivery things that keep getting stuck in like potholes <laughs> on pavements and stuff, don't we? So, yeah, yeah those know, robots it, that deliver
0: food—they're food. in um, Milton Keynes, I think, predominantly. <laughs> like one of them I think got hit by a I car know. I saw online because it crossed the road when it shouldn't have done
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing I, I think I'd be more okay with for some reason I have a real I I, I, I I don't know it's not a big issue but I have a big phobia of people delivering my food like sometimes because I, I worked in restaurants for a long time and because I worked, like I know kind of what people would do when they were kind of pissed off at other people that would come into the restaurant like I know what people did to people's food I've seen it, you know what I mean? And I'm always paranoid a little bit, not like to the effect that I won't buy delivery options, but a little paranoid. I always got to check. Like if I get something delivered to me, I always got to check and see if it's been messed with in any kind of way. And I would actually feel a little better with a robot delivering my food than a human because I would think that the robot wouldn't necessarily want to mess with your food. Yeah, a robot's not going to dip its balls in your (laughs) sauce. Exactly.
0: The robot's also not asking for a tip when he turns up at your fucking house
1: either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no awkward conversation with <laughs> exactly. the robot. Yeah, exactly.
0: Again, I feel like the UK is not really set up for the technology wave that's actually coming, and the one that's here and now. Although I think I've I've linked this in a couple of other episodes. Do you guys know who um, CGP Grey is?
2: No,
0: no. Um, there's a video on YouTube, and it's called "Humans Need Not Apply." And it's a brilliant video, which just illustrates how basically technology will just automate all of the things that we think won't be automated in life. And you look at it and you think, you know what? Yeah, the world is actually going to go to a dangerous place where everything that we do, there's just going to be no need for us. So I think that's my big fear moving forwards: is the fact of it's not going to be a case of robot delivery drivers. It's going to be the robots living in the houses as people eventually at some point. <laughs> that's like my big next to Y2K fear.
3: Yeah, and I am going to, to add to this little bit, and I'm going to say, I'm going to bring in another sci-fi, end-of-the-world apocalyptic thing. Y'all are familiar with the book Dune, recently made into a movie starring Timothy Chalamet. Anyway, so, uh, so in Dune, the robots became, you know, our, our, our luxury slaves, and they did everything for us, and humans were just, you know useless blobs that had robots do everything for them until they revolted. So that's coming too. Yeah. Good to know. That's what I was gonna that's know. what
2: I was gonna mention.
3: Yeah. Too. We got we got Matrix, we got the Terminator, we got iRobot, we got Dune. We're good, man. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: It's kind of. I think my end of the world scenario with with that as well is. I've always thought that Wally is a really good end film for like the end of the world scenario. Do you know, where like humans are living in space and we've all just got everything automated for us. We don't know what walking is anymore because nobody's needed to do it in twenty years. I always think that's one of the most realistic end of the world films that I've seen.
3: <laughs> I, I I totally yeah yeah.
0: Dan, have you got any ideas on what your end of the world situation when it came to computers would be? What would be like your most disastrous situation?
1: No, I I just think the most valid way of things being is that we are just going to become so, uh, what's the word? Um, We're just not going to be able to do anything for ourselves anymore. That people, we're just going to become so reliant on tech that when something does inevitably break, we're we're doomed because nobody knows how to do anything (laughs) anymore. That, that, that's yeah. that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a combination of everything. Throw in a little bit of Y2K maybe. But yeah, when that when that time comes, people just don't know what's to yeah, do Yeah, the anymore.
0: mechanical toilets are going to break and then all of a sudden it won't be fixed, not because it's any kind of Y2K issue, because nobody at that point knows how to fix the, the broken toilet.
1: <laughs> but even go back to say something, what um, I think, Max, I think, were well, you saying it, Max? Where you say, oh, why don't people like the banks print off balances the they for? Everything now... Is done on tech. I don't think people know how to do things back on pen and paper anymore. Like, if imagine if we lost the internet and all technology tomorrow, how would a lot of businesses cope? They wouldn't know how yeah. to do it. Well,
3: I'll, I'll, <laughs> t- I'll tell you what, what's going to happen. All the grandparents are going to have to teach uh, the, the kids, kids, kids how, to do, how to do stuff. Yeah. Instead of the other way around.
1: No, I was just going to say, my dad would always say, like when computers are coming. My dad would always say, "Oh, but you know, we used to do it before on paper," and it's like. But now we are so far the other side. Now we haven't done anything manually. Tech drives everything. That I don't know how you can unpick tech from us anymore or, or from society. Yeah,
2: I agree. I, uh, I was, you were bringing that up, and I was thinking of. I was thinking my buddy's kid is so ra- is really wrapped up into tech, and it's so like so to the point where like she doesn't know she's like an eighth grade or whatever and they're not even they're not they haven't even taught her how to do they don't even teach them how to do like they teach them more computer stuff than like writing cursive or something like that you know what right. i mean like she doesn't even like i remember yeah. Yeah. her dad explaining to me like he wrote her name in cursive and she was like what's that and i hit her dad like right. my friend my friend showed his daughter how to do cursive and her friends were like totally blown away by it but like like she was like I remember when she was younger, like she was like, I have no idea what cursive was. And that's that's like, to me, that's another tech thing where it's like people are so used to tech, like cursive is no longer a thing. Yeah, I don't think they teach it in school anymore. I don't think so either.
1: Life skills. We don't learn life skills or or, or schools, you know, they don't teach enough about modern life.
2: I think that's a thing we got when we were, at least when I, I could remember when I was in school, like, you know, you got your home ec. You got your, you got your, like, if you wanted to learn auto shop, you could learn auto shop or you could learn wood or whatever. And, like, you look you, back then, you thought that's where, like, all the the kids that had bad behaviors went. But really, what it was teaching you back then was life skills. Like, you need to learn how to put the oil in your car. And it's like people are so dependent now. Like, I know people that don't know how to change their oil, and it blows me away.
0: Like, how do you not know how to change your oil?
1: Robots do that now. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the thing that,
0: They're like negating the the need to do oil changes and that sort of thing. I I did actually see... This is so the most off-topic thing in the world. I did see a prank where a guy converted a Tesla back into a, I'll say, gas-powered car and then took it to a dealership and said, Hi, my car needs an oil change. And they were like, it doesn't need an oil change. It's an electric car. What are you talking about? He's like, no, no, it does. Like, I put fuel in it and everything. They were like, And they were looking at him like he was an utter psychopath. And then they went and looked under it. And they see this like fuel engine in it. And they're like, what the fuck has somebody done to this Tesla? And the guy's like, yeah, you do need an oil change. He was just like, fair enough. We'll, we'll get it done for you. It was just so funny. It was like the mechanic looking at this guy like, oh, are you an utter moron? How have you existed this far in life without help? Um, but yeah hilarious prank I'll have to get uh, Dan to link it to you it was brilliant so should we have like a final question for everybody so how scary was Y2K from a practical perspective out of 10 for me like the uh,
2: I don't know man I can remember it being like I want to say it was like a 6 on a scale of 1 to 10 it was like a 6 like you were, you were pretty petrified that it was going to happen but at the same time like you didn't care at least that's what I remember that's my take
0: accepting <laughs> your fate yeah and max uh
3: it was a two because i didn't understand why people wouldn't just print shit out like for one day behave as if your computer might not work i just didn't get it you're also 14 i was 14 but still it seemed like a pretty simple solution
0: see if they'd have put you in charge just print yeah they would have never have spent these 400 billion dollars on (laughs) fixing shit it just would have been extra printing cost And uh, Dan.
1: Well, I was just gonna say if this happened now, Max, you'd be print, you'd be making t shirts with the slogan just print shit out and you'd make a fortune selling that. <laughs> <laughs> just just for
2: you'd shit make a out. fortune.
3: Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd sell on my Instagram, man.
1: <laughs> for me, I'm gonna say similar to Max actually. From a personal level, I wasn't overly worried about it because I was what twenty-two? I think I was just in a job. So for me it was like it'd be like a, a two or a, or a three. From what I saw in the press, that was like an eight or a nine. <laughs> Let's say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, from what I've seen, I feel like the general perspective was that the lead up was probably like a nine or a ten for the media hype. But then most people kind of just got on with it and there was the odd occasion of people prepping. I would be unable, unfortunately, to give you a score for me because like I said at the beginning of this episode, I was still clutching a Capri Sun and an action man. Um, but I feel like it would have been a cool thing to have experienced. I feel like that's what's the one thing that I'd like to go back at as an adult when we talked about our time travel episode and experience again as an as a as a as an adult to see how how truly horrifying it was or or just wasn't again just to follow up shane and max where can we find your podcast for all of the people listening at home
2: for all the people listening at home you can find our podcasts wherever you download podcasts we're available (laughs) everywhere
0: on all major platforms dan i've got to do the outro as well so i actually haven't practiced it in a while and i'm likely going to fuck it up but before we do that i just want to say a very big thank you to shane and max for coming on there's been a little bit of a delay so dan's going to have a terrible time editing this episode it's going to be great if this comes out really smooth i'm going to be looking at i'm going to be looking at dan like one of those computer geniuses like you were looking at these people that were fixing the y2k problems um so just to leave everybody with this We know there's many podcasts from which you can choose and we thank you for listening to Casting Views.